you again for your faithfulness. You are so good to us, Lord. And I just pray that tonight, Father, cleanse our hearts. Help us to be right with you. Father, we want to hear from you. We invite your Holy Spirit. Lord, may your word come forth and just penetrate our hearts and our souls and our minds. And Father, we just ask that you would speak to us and reveal yourself, show yourself to us through your word now. So we invite you here, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. So faithfulness, lesson 13. This this whole study has just been amazing. And as everyone says, there's no way we're going to go through this whole everything in the 45 minutes that we have. So we have to pick and choose. Uh, So for faithfulness, faithfulness can be defined as steadfast, dedicated, dependable, fidelity, firmness, or steadiness, and worthy of trust. And it's derived from the Hebrew root word having the basic meaning to trust as in a person or to believe as in a statement. And in the New Testament, the adjective faithful is a derivative of a Greek noun meaning truth, or excuse me, meaning faith. So the fundamental meaning is that the one so described is as being dependable is trustworthy and loyal. So a faithful person is someone who is worthy of faith or keeps their promises. And in the scriptures, there's at least 10 distinct categories of which the noun faithfulness is used in scripture. And the definition goes from the very basic idea of a steady, firm hands like Moses when, when his hands were held up by the rocks back in Exodus all the way to the use of this word in connection with God and his word and his people. But at the heart of the meaning of the root of this word is the idea of certainty and dependability. So faithfulness faithfulness in all its forms is used to describe that upon which all certainty rests, is dependable, and is worthy of trust. Faithfulness is among the attributes of our God. It's one of the characteristics of his nature. It's part of his character. Lamentations, we had this in our study guide. Lamentations 3, 22 and 23 reads, Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And it made me think of that worship song, The Steadfast Love of the Lord Never Ceases. And I've been singing that for weeks now. But I stand here and tell you, I am not as brave as Lorraine. I will not sing it a cappella for you guys. Deuteronomy 32, 3 and 4 says, For I proclaim the name of the Lord, ascribe greatness to our God. He is the rock. His work is perfect. For all his ways are justice a God of truth and without injustice, righteousness and upright is he. So in the scriptures, God's faithfulness is a picture of his strength and firmness, his being totally reliable and enduring throughout every generation, which speaks of the constancy of his relations with his people. God's faithfulness is attached to his being true. Whatever he does, will be consistent with his nature and that he is really God in contrast to all that is not God. God's faithfulness is attached to his righteousness. Whatever he does or does not do will be consistent 
with all that is right and just according to his word and his character. And God's faithfulness is attached to his love, his goodness, and his mercy. Uh, the Amplified Bible version reads Lamentations 3, 22 and 23. I, I like the way this read. It is because of the Lord's mercy and loving kindness that we are not consumed because his tender compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great and abundant is your stability and faithfulness. So God's faithfulness is attached also to his being immutable or unchangeable. Because God is unchanging, his degree of faithfulness will never change. He will always be utterly reliable and dependable. His faithfulness will never become less faithful, and it will never cease. Our unchanging, faithful God, who never falters, is the antithesis or the direct opposite of everything that is fickle and fluctuating. Because faithfulness is among the attributes of our God, he is worthy of our trust. The scriptures also declare God's faithfulness in a number of ways. Uh, Lamentations 3.23, the latter part, declares it to be great. Great is your faithfulness. And great here carries the meaning of abundant as in quantity or size and quality. Uh, again, we, we just read that in the Amplified Bible Version. It can also mean enough exceedingly, fully, manifold, mighty, much, multitude, plenteous, and sufficient. The scriptures also declare God's faithfulness to be established. Psalm 89.2, For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall establish in the very heavens. And establish here has the meaning of firm, stable, fixed, settled and secure, steadfast, to be ready or arranged and enduring. The scriptures also declare his faithfulness to be incomparable. Psalm 89.8, O Lord God of hosts, who is mighty like you, O Lord? Your faithfulness also surrounds you. And surround here has a meaning of on every side. His faithfulness is completely surrounding him. He embodies faithfulness and nothing can compare to our faithful God. It's also unfailing, Psalm 89, 33. Nevertheless, my loving kindness I will not utterly take from him, nor allow my faithfulness to fail. And fail here has the meaning to be untrue or a lie, trick or cheat, or to deal falsely with. Psalm 89 is remembering the Davidic covenant, which is God's promises to David. Our faithful God does not lie, he does not trick, he does not cheat or deal falsely with his people when he makes a promise. He is faithful to keep it. In fact, 2 Timothy 2.13 says that even when we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. And deny here in, in this verse has the meaning to contradict or to renounce one's own nature and character, to be inconsistent with oneself. His faithfulness is unfailing because it rests upon his nature, his character, and not upon any human contingencies. And you know what? Praise the Lord for that. Because I think we all, at some point in our walk, we, we stumble, we falter. Some of us have just fallen completely and sinned. And yet God 
is faithful, when we are faithless. And that's not a license to sin or to blow it or not care. Uh, And if anything, it should draw us closer to his faithfulness and wanting to remain faithful to him. But nonetheless, he is faithful even when we are faithless. The scriptures also declare his faithfulness to be infinite. Psalm 36, 5, your mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. And the King James Version uses unto the clouds. And that has a meaning uh, coming from a Hebrew word to be perpetually to all eternity, world without end. Everlasting, Psalm 119.90, your faithfulness endures to all generations. You establish the earth and it abides. Endures means abide, continues, remains, or to stand. God's faithfulness did not end with the Old Testament. His faithfulness will endure to all generations and will remain even into eternity. The scriptures' declarations of God's faithfulness confirm his unchanging, unwavering, abiding faithfulness with his people. So God's faithfulness is true, it's trustworthy, it's dependable, it's trusting, it's loyal, it's certain, and it's worthy of our trust. God's faithfulness is among his attributes, and God's faithfulness is declared by the scriptures. Secondly, the dispensation of God's faithfulness. We're going to see... What is it that we, how is it that God's faithfulness is revealed or manifested? First, God's faithfulness is revealed through his word. Psalm 119, 138 says, Your testimonies which you have commanded are righteous and very faithful. Isaiah 25, 1, O Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you. I will praise your name, for you have done wonderful things. Your counsels of old are faithfulness and truth. Counsels has the meaning of advice, purpose, or plan, and it comes from a root word meaning to guide. The Lord is our best advisor. He's our best guidance counselor. He's our best organizer or planner. He is faithful to guide us in every area of our life, every problem, every issue, every matter. He is faithful to guide us. But we need to include and seek him through his word for his guidance and his advice. Psalm 3, 6 says, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. He is our attentive listener and faithful counselor. If we are not coming to our faithful God for his counsels, then we are settling for less than his best for us. There are only two things in this entire universe that are worthy of our full and complete confidence. That is the God of the word and the word of God. That's it. Even people that we are very close to will fail us. But God and his word are the only two things that we can rest assuredly and be absolutely certain and have our complete confidence worthy of our trust, put our complete trust in Next, God's faithfulness is manifested through fulfilling his covenant and promises to his people. Joshua 21, 45 reads, Not a word failed of any good thing which the Lord had spoken to the house of Israel all came to pass. 1 Kings 8, 56, Solomon wrote, Blessed be the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel according to all that he promised. 
There has not failed one word of all his good promise, which he promised through his servant Moses. We serve the same God that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob served. We serve the same God that David and Solomon prayed to and wrote of, and all of the Old Testament saints who saw God's faithfulness. We serve the same God. As New Testament Christians, we now, or we know that we can rest upon the faithfulness of our God, his faithful word, and his keeping his promises to us. We know that. We, we have the Old Testament as the proof of his faithfulness, and we know that we can, he is worthy of our trust. We can trust him. Hebrews 10, 23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. This is the very foundation of our faith and the ground for our security. This is what gives stability and strength to our faith in our faithful God. Deuteronomy 7, 9, therefore know that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandments. And here, faithful is used to describe the relationship between God and his people. Our faithful God keeps his covenant and his faithful people keep his commandments. We must have faith in our faithful God and obey what he says through his word. Next, the word of God is the bedrock of security, of God's faithfulness that we can rest upon every single day. Our faithful God cannot be removed or separated from his written word, and his keeping his word is a factor in manifesting his faithfulness. That's how he manifests his faithfulness to us. And the Lord's faithfulness is manifested to his saints. Again, Psalm 89 is remembering the Davidic covenant. And I encourage you, take the time to read that psalm in its entirety and see how many times you read of God's faithfulness in that psalm. Right off the back, verse 1, David said, I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. With my mouth, I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. These promises written in Psalm 89 were for David, and we, again, serve the same God as David. And most importantly, we are heirs of these same promises through Jesus Christ. So we must take note that the Lord manifests his faithfulness to his saints also on a very personal level. In our study guide, we read Isaiah 49, 7, which tells us that because of the Lord who is faithful, the Holy One of Israel, he has chosen you. Do you get that, ladies? He has chosen you. This makes our salvation very personal. And if you're sitting here tonight and you're born again, God has already shown you his faithfulness by calling you on a very personal level. And after choosing us very specifically and individually, he has called us to fellowship with him. 1 Corinthians 1.9 God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And fellowship here is the word koinonia or communion, and it carries the meaning to, to share in something, joint participation and also intimacy. This fellowship includes the participation of the dignity and the blessings of the son of God, Jesus Christ, and the intimate bond of fellowship and unity that we have with each other as fellow believers 
in Jesus Christ. Your prayer partners in your discussion groups, that's, that's an example of that right there. You're partaking, you're participating in an intimacy with a sister praying for each other all week long. It's a great thing that, that opportunity and evidence of God's faithfulness that you have right in your discussion groups. Acts, uh, in Acts 2.42, it says that the apostles continued steadfastly in the doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and prayers. Our faithful God also calls us to grow and to be changed into the image of his son. Romans 8.29, 2 Corinthians 3.18, 1 John 3.2, just to give you a few. But Philippians 1.6 says, being confident and Again, this has the meaning of we can be certain of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. First Thessalonians 524, he who calls you is faithful, who will also do it. So we can be sure that he will continue to work in us for his glory. Also, our God is faithful to care for us as he works in us. And he does this by strengthening us when we need his strength, as he did with Sarah. Hebrews 11, 11 says that by faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed. And she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. He will be faithful when we're tempted. Our study guide, we went through 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man, but God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. 1 Thessalonians 3, 3. But the Lord is faithful, who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. When we need his forgiveness, 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins... He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When we need to be corrected, Psalm 119.75 tells us that God's faithfulness is also seen even in correcting his saints. I know, O Lord, that your judgments are right and that in faithfulness you have afflicted me. When the Lord corrects or disciplines us, it's evidence of his faithfulness to love us as his children and not leave us as illegitimate children. Hebrews 12, verses 3 to 11 tells us that. And as the Lord manifests his faithfulness to his saints, it will be in keeping with his word and his attributes. And the ultimate display of God's faithfulness is in his plan of redemption through Jesus Christ. First, as our redeemer and savior, Genesis 3, we see God's faithfulness to provide a means of salvation after the sin of Adam and Eve, which ushered in physical and spiritual death. Romans 5.11 says, For if by one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. Romans 3.21-26 through 26 tells us that we are justified by God's grace through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ by his blood through faith. Ephesians 1, 7, in him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. Colossians 1, 13 and 14, he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love, in whom we have redemption through his blood and forgiveness of sins. Also, 
as Jesus as our high priest. The book of Hebrews expounds upon Jesus as being a faithful high priest. And in chapter 2, verse 17, reads, Therefore, in all things he had to be made like his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make propitiation for the sins of his people. Hebrews 4, 15 and 16. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. That right there speaks of God's faithfulness. In time of need, we can go to him. We can trust him because he is our faithful God. We can depend and trust on Jesus Christ anytime, but especially in time of need. Hebrews six nineteen and 20 reads, This hope we have as an anchor of our soul, sure and steadfast. Again, those were the words to define faithful. Which enters the presence behind the veil, where the forerunner has entered for us, even Jesus, having become high priest forever, to the order of, according to the order of Melchizedek. Hebrews seven twenty four through 26. But he, because he continues forever, has an unchangeable priesthood. Therefore, he is able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. For such a high priest was fitting for us, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and has become higher than the heavens. And thirdly, as Jesus, as the faithful witness of our faith and the victor of our faith, even beyond the end of time on this earth and into eternity. Revelation 1.5, Jesus is called the faithful witness. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his blood, has made us kings and priests unto God his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Verse 7, Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they shall also which pierced him, and all kinds... All kindreds of the earth shall see, excuse me, shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. And he is also described as the victor who is faithful and true in Revelations 19.11. Revelations 19.11 through 16. I'm going to read that whole passage. John wrote of Jesus on a white horse. Now I saw heaven open and behold a white horse. And he who sat on him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness, he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of the mouth goes a sharp sword, And with that, it should strike the nations. And he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. This is our faithful victor and faithful and true Jesus Christ. The ultimate revelation of God's faithfulness is through Jesus Christ as our Redeemer, our Savior, our High Priest, our faithful witness and victor of our faith.
So the Lord's faithfulness is revealed and it's manifested through his word, through his covenant and promises to his saints and through Jesus Christ. And thirdly, there's the directive of God's faithfulness. As God's people, what are we to do with his faithfulness? First and foremost, in order to be a recipient of God's faithfulness, one must believe on the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Acts 16.31, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. We have to know Jesus Christ to be able to have the blessings and the surety and the certainty of God's faithfulness. Second, we are to be faithful like our God. At the beginning, we learned that faithful is derived from the meaning of, of something or someone who's trustworthy, dependable, loyal, trusting. A faithful person is someone who is worthy of faith or keeps promises, and the definition was applied to God, his word, and his people. We are to be faithful in our faith to our God through Jesus Christ. Hebrews 4.14 says, Seeing that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. And hold fast here has the meaning uh, to keep, to retain. It, it speaks of strength and power. Romans 1.17, For in it, referring to the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Since we have been justified by faith through Jesus Christ, we are to be people of faith and faithful to God. And faith, as used here in Romans 117, is one of those derivatives of faithful. I'm not sure there's all these categories, but it's one of the derivatives of faithful. And it has the meaning of firm persuasion, conviction, a belief in the truth, fidelity, or faithfulness. It also includes the meaning of the character of the one who could be relied on. Habakkuk 2.4 reads, Behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. And I really like the way the Good News translation reads this same verse. And this is the message. Those who are evil will not survive, but those who are righteous will live because they are faithful to God. Revelations 2.6, Jesus said to the persecuted church in Smyrna and it wasn't to the Disneyland church, as Xavier likes to refer to the church here in the U.S. It was to the persecuted church. Smyrna, be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. How much more should we be faithful to our faithful God? If, if a persecuted church will be faithful and receive the crown, how much more should we? So how can we demonstrate our faithfulness to our God? By trusting his faithfulness, his faithful word, and guarding ourselves as we're instructed to in 2 Corinthians 10, 4, and 5, which says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. In these verses, we have two mighty weapons listed, and we have more in Ephesians 6. Faithfulness to God is to be characteristic of those justified in God's sight through Jesus Christ because they trust in his faithfulness. As God's people, we are to be 
faithful, sure, and dependable in our lives as we interact with other people, believers and non-believers alike. Colossians 3.10 says, We are to put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. In Ephesians 1.1, Paul addressed the letter to the faithful in Christ Jesus. And Proverbs 12.2 says, Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who deal truthfully are his delight. Truthfully here is the same word for faithfully. Uh, In fact, the NASB version reads, Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who deal faithfully are his delight. As God's people, we are to reflect God's faithfulness to the world. Our faithfulness is a manifestation, actually, of the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5.22. God's word of truth will help us to become people of truth or faithfulness. Psalm 119.30 says, I have chosen the way of truth. Your judgments I have laid before me. Again, truth here is the same word for faithful. The NASB updated version reads it this way. I have chosen the faithful way. I have placed your ordinances before me. Our faithful God expects to see faithfulness in the lives of his people. And it should be characteristic of our lives because we're born again believers in Jesus Christ. We are being renewed in knowledge according to the image of Jesus Christ. And we are to trust and depend on our faithful God. This is a third point of what we do with his faithfulness. Sometimes the Lord allows our faith to be tested so that we may trust his faithfulness. First Peter 4.19, Therefore, let those who suffer according to the will of God commit their souls to him in doing good as to a faithful creator. We depend on God's faithfulness by believing the truth, which is God's word, and not the lies of the enemy, the, word, the world, or ourselves. When we start to overthink a matter, and it's easy to do that, (laughs) we just start going with our own understanding as we just think too much about something. We need to bring our thoughts captive. We need to get back to the truth of God's word, which tells us that he is faithful. Psalm 37.3, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Spurgeon reminds us that we must be tried or we cannot magnify the faithful God who will not leave his people. And that brings us to our next point. We are to magnify the Lord and proclaim his faithfulness. Psalm 89.5, And the heavens will praise your wonders, O Lord, your faithfulness also in the assembly of the saints. Psalm 92, 1 and 2 says, It is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name. O Most High, to declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness every night. So the directive regarding God's faithfulness is to first know him in a personal way through Jesus Christ so we may partake of his faithfulness. We are to be faithful like our God. We are to trust and depend on our faithful God. And we are to magnify and proclaim his faithfulness. So in conclusion... Sometimes life can get pretty difficult. We can lose sight of God's faithfulness. And a good way to remind ourselves of his faithfulness is to maybe periodically 
take some time to jog our memory. Leaf through your calendar or an appointment book or your prayer journal or your Bible and look for those answered prayers or verses God has promised you and he has given you. Look for the times of his grace and his provision. You might want to do this at the beginning of a new year, uh, maybe your birthday, an anniversary, but it's a good way to look back at the year and look forward to a fresh beginning with our faithful God. Reviewing God's faithfulness also can and should include our failures and our sins, which he is faithful and just to forgive. And as we do this, we'll see God's presence, we'll see his faithfulness, even during times of difficulty and disappointment. Now, some of you know my mom has um, dementia. We've been dealing with this matter. It's been a six-year journey to date. Um, It was a very difficult situation at the beginning of her diagnosis. Uh, And at that time, the Lord gave me these two verses for my mom, Psalm 46, 1 and 5. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her just at the break of dawn. I have held on to those scriptures, and I go over them and over them and over them. And the Lord has not failed being faithful to his word that he gave me for my mom. And in fact, the last two weeks, um, I've had to deal with a major matter for her. And the Lord kept his word faithfully through the entire ordeal. He came before me in every matter I had to deal with. And I call it the parting of the Red Sea. I mean, he just parted the Red Sea. And, and he did that once again. I, I just, in the beginning, I remember, it, bottom line with the whole family shift and all this, it, it ended up on my shoulders and, Lord, what do I do? Where do I go? I don't know what to do, who to call. And he gave me these verses, and he parted the Red Sea, and he has been so faithful, and he has not, he has not been unfaithful. And even to the, the, since my husband and I gave our lives to the Lord back in 1982, right before we got married, he has not failed to be faithful to us since the day we gave our hearts to him. And he wants to do the same for every one of us. We just, we need to let him, and we need to trust him, and we need to depend on him. We can be certain of him. We can be certain of his word. In our study guide, in number uh, question number 12, that one just really jumped out at me. When the prophet Jeremiah wrote Lamentations, it was a very dark time in Israel, and he was lamenting over the destruction of Jerusalem by the Babylonians. He felt God was against him. But something changed that perspective to that of seeing God's trustworthiness as a light during the darkness of desperate circumstances. And what changed Jeremiah's perspective? Look at verse 21. Lamentations, verse 21. We're going to read 21 through 23. Verse 21, he says, This I recalled to my mind. Therefore, I have hope through the Lord's mercies. We are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great 
is thy faithfulness. That is what changed his perspective when I recalled to my mind. So again, ladies, I encourage you, keep a prayer journal. Mark in your Bible. Keep a calendar. Something so that we can periodically, and I suggest, again, an anniversary, something that will be consistent. Uh, It's the new year. I need to go back and look at God's faithfulness and do that because it gives us the proper perspective, regardless of what we're going through. God is faithful, and we just need to get back to that proper perspective of his faithfulness. So we would be wise women to, to take that time to record his faithfulness and to look back at it periodically and thank him for it continually. Someone wrote, Lord, help us Bring to mind each day past blessings that you've sent our way. And may these blessings from above remind us of your faithful love. I like that. Let me leave you with a few more sayings. Adding up your blessings will multiply your joy. He who abandons himself to God will never be abandoned by God. Trusting God's faithfulness dispels our fearfulness. Life is not always fair, but God is always faithful. So God's faithfulness is worthy of our trust. God's faithfulness is among his attributes. God's faithfulness is declared by the scriptures. The Lord's faithfulness is revealed or manifested through his word, his promises to his saints and through Jesus Christ. And our directive for God's faithfulness is to know him through Jesus Christ, be faithful like our God, trust and depend on our faithful God, and magnify and proclaim his faithfulness. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do praise you, Father. You are faithful. Lord, you are steadfast, you are certain, and we thank you, Lord, that everything we can stand on is you and your word. You are our security. You are our foundation. Father, Forgive us for the times we falter, we, we doubt. Lord, thank you that you are faithful even when we are faithless, Lord. And I just pray for every one of us here tonight, Lord, that we would leave here with an understanding of how faithful you are. You will never leave us. You will never forsake us. And help us, Lord, to be faithful to you in return, Lord, and to trust you. Help us with our unbelief, Lord, at times. So we praise you. We thank you. We proclaim your faithfulness to the world. Help us to do that, Lord. And we just love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.